Welcome to the Challenge Solutions Podcast. I'm Macy and I'm joined by Caitlin and Cole. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking about a lot of general summer activities. So we're going to talk about, you know, hiking, camping, barbecue, stuff like that with your family, pools, water parks, lakes, rivers, kayaking. That's always an adventure when you're blind. And then we're going (laughs) to end it off by talking about some summer camps. Some of them are for the blind. Some of them are not. You can go to either, but you might have interesting experiences at both. So yeah, we're going to start off by talking about the uh, the land activities, hiking, camping, yeah. and all of that. Uh, Cole, you can take us away and tell us kind of about your experiences. I know you've been on like bigger, cooler hikes, so that sounds like <laughs> a lot more fun than what me and Caitlin have done. So Right. Well, and to be fair, this was when uh, I could still see a good amount, enough to you know walk uh, independently. I didn't need any sighted guide or whatever, so that obviously makes things a little bit different. But I- um, Oh, Yes. Yeah. I used to go uh, with my family and some family friends and uh, we would go on, on the OHD Ozark uh, hiking trail and we would do about like 19 mile hikes and stuff like that. And we would go like, like in the afternoon and then we would spend the night camping while we were out there. And then, you know, we would walk out and finish it off the next day. I've really enjoyed it. It was always a very fun thing. Unfortunately, it's like not nearly as fun anymore. So, you know, I don't, I don't go uh, on those bigger trips now, but I've still done some hiking, even uh, with some, with some college friends in Fayetteville, we went at like five in the morning and went and hiked Ooh. so that people could see the sunrise, which, you know, wasn't for me, <laughs> but <laughs> still got to go. Uh, it was very interesting going with my friends who hadn't really been with me hiking before because they were like super nervous and like right. about me being there or whatever, totally unnecessarily. But I did, I did mess with them a bit when we were like at like a little bit of a ledge, I would pretend to fall or whatever, because I'm the worst. <laughs> um, and uh, just to ease people up, because everyone's so nervous or whatever, I would just like pretend to be like, oh, I'm scared you. Or whatever. Right. Um, right. So. Yeah, that's something I noticed is that it does really make it not really fun when people are so worried about you falling right? and like you yeah. know when you are hiking like obviously if there are cliffs and things like that Be careful. You, yeah. that's that's valid concern but like if you're constantly worried about every little dip in the ground it's gonna be miserable for everybody involved because at the end of the day if you fall and slash your knee open or something it's not the end of the world sighted right. people fall too like I, I think right. it's important to have that conversation up front with whoever you're with like you know obviously if you see something super dangerous then don't let me do it but if I just face plant then uh, it's not not the worst thing that's ever happened to me yeah no, they were like definitely. uh twig twig root <laughs> root twig rock I was like yeah they're everywhere I mean yeah we're hiking really you know, no kidding <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right. One of the things when, when I was going with uh, with some of my college friends is like there were some like little like cave places that you could go or whatever that you had to like kind of you Ooh, could like climb down fine. to. And uh, they were all going down. They're like, you know, what? I don't think you should. And I was like, you know what? I want to anyways. And then there was a nice, cool friend and she was like, let's do this. And so we figured it out because we're cool and they yes. were losers and didn't want to go through the effort. Um, mm-hmm. But it was really cool. I mean, I, I did enjoy it. It's not for everybody. Obviously, you know, it's, right. it can be really tiring and especially if it's like a longer hike and you just kind of want to get out of there, but at some, some mm-hmm. point, but it is, it is a, a fun activity in my opinion. Right. No, definitely. I do really enjoy hiking, but the only person that I will hike with and really the only person I ever have hiked with is 
my mom and she's actually really good about it because you know I've grown up with her she knows my boundaries Mm -hmm. she knows what I can and can't do and at the same time if I want to try something like you know she's not going to tell me no or if it is genuinely dangerous then she might be like no and I can be like okay like I trust her to know what my boundaries should be I cannot imagine going hiking with a group of college kids so uh (laughs) like I mean (laughs) you have a lot more bravery than I do oh yeah you do (laughs) so like question though when you guys hike okay do you bring like a white cane like obviously an older one like do you bring a white cane do you use Mm. a hiking like the wooden cane do you hold (laughs) someone's arm like what's your hiking strategy how do you how do you do that when it gets a little rougher I use an older cane and sighted guide. That's that's yeah. pretty much what I do. So I kind of have a little bit of like a stability on both sides if like rocks, you know, because they'll slip. Right. Rocks will, you know what I mean? And yes. stuff like that. So you kind of want to be really careful because, you know, when it slips, you don't know where's the safest place to step after right. that. Um, yeah. And so you kind of want to have something on both sides of you. At least that's from my experience. What's just been Yeah, I, when I have done it in the past, I took uh, like an older cane that was already pretty banged up. Yeah. Um, the worst one that I've ever done was like, there were these, they call them turtle rocks. So like rounded big mm. rocks oh. that you're climbing over. Yeah. That was really bad. So I had my cane and then this one actually happened to be on a class field trip. And thank goodness my mom was one of the parents chaperones because I would not have been okay trying to do that with my classmates at that time. Right. I think we were in like seventh grade, maybe yeah. sixth grade. I'm not sure what year that was, but yeah, mm-hmm. she started out just kind of directing me and then ended up doing a sighted guide. And then sometimes she would like climb over. I would reach over and grab her hand and then yep. step up on some that we were like going over. Right. You will yes. kind of have to do like a modified guide in some places. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> like if we're crossing a creek, well, if we're like stepping slash jumping over a creek, I'll always right. have her I've done this with my friends because they're just creeks kind of where I live so I will have the other person go over put their hand out I'll grab their hand and then I'll step slash jump right, over yeah. so that I, mm-hmm, I kind of yeah. have a, a gauge of the distance that yeah I'm how far yeah because because the people will be like and eh, like three feet and I'm like uh <laughs> I don't know if I want to go with and eh, three feet <laughs> yeah well and I don't know about you guys but I don't have a good strong concept of distance like that I, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't put my hands roughly three feet apart. I don't have that. And I'm not sure if it's because I'm blind or if it's just me, but I know a right. lot of other blind students that struggle with that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that doesn't work for me. I have to feel now, whether that's being someone holding my hand and me jumping or me just, you know, putting my cane across depending on the situation or whatever has right. to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can, like, if you say put your hands roughly three feet apart, I can probably do it. But if you just tell me eh, about three feet away, I don't necessarily always gauge that appropriately. Like, you know, I have a concept in my head of what it is, but in terms of where I am in relation to it, it doesn't really mean much, if that makes sense. I don't even fully understand how I interpret this, but yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean much. So I really do need like a tactile yeah something to it is me. different because sometimes like so like sometimes on hiking trails you have to jump down right? right and so three feet down is a bit different than just three feet across right yeah because yes. because falling three feet um it yeah. sometimes is a bit like 
like of a farther fall than you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And that, and that there's a kind of a huge difference for what you're trying to brace for. Mm-hmm. Um, right. For sure. You're trying to like scoot off or whatever, just kind of yeah. kneel down and do a jump off or whatever. But right. Um, right. I will say briefly talking about like how we go about guiding and things like that. I know of people who have taken their guide dogs on big hikes. Like I know really? someone who hikes like the Rocky mountains, I think with their dog and I've never wow. hiked wow. with my dog. But I think it would be really, really interesting. I would absolutely want to have a person present, at least yeah. for oh, the first yeah. time, oh, if yeah. I wasn't familiar with the trail. But I think that could be a really interesting experience. And I would love to see how that goes. I believe the person also had a cane. So like, you know, when your dog walks you up to a curb or something or stairs just on a normal route, you kind of have an idea of how far down it's going to be, but you don't have that like consistency. You don't have that consistency on like a um, hiking trail. So the person that did like the really big hike, I believe, took a cane. So when their dog would stop and be like, hey, dude, look at this ledge, they could put their cane down and see mm-hmm. how far it was. And then I would too. Yeah. Uh, like, I believe they dropped the dog's harness and we'd step down to meet the cane and then have the dog come down and right. go. It, it was a really interesting. I'll see if I can find an article on that to link in the show notes because it was really interesting. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You would, you would think that, I think you would definitely want a person there just mm-hmm. because I've seen your dog, even when we go through like construction or whatever, and they're staying on the road, he's like, I'm not going through here. I, I feel like it would be hard to get. You'd have to definitely work with them on. Okay. You know, we're going to go on a trail. It's going to be rough. You're going to have to take me here anyway, kind of situation. Right. Well, Cause he also, seems like he would just sit and be like, you're not going. <laughs> well, yeah, my dog is very stubborn about sand and water specifically for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a problem with it. <laughs> It would vary from dog to dog. It will kind of vary from dog to dog, I think. But that's also where a cane would come in. So if they stop to show you something, you know, you may have to put your harness down and cane through because they may not know how to safely guide you through Through whatever it is if they haven't encountered it before. Like there are times even like uh, when I was walking on campus with my dog the last semester I had classes on campus there was a massive construction zone. They were like putting a new roof on a building and it, I did not like it. It was actually very unnerving. And he just, he would find the first cone that was marking off the area and straight up refused to go further. <laughs> so I would came through that because he didn't know. Right. Right. Well, I think that having, if you've ever seen them, like a cane holster that you can put on a belt or something like that would Absolutely, be really good yes. when you're hiking. Because yep. even if you're not hiking with a guide dog, there are situations like this one time, my mom and I were at this waterfall and she wanted me to climb up this set of like rocks that were basically built up, I think actually around the waterfall. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like, it was climbing the rocks, you know, it wasn't like, straight up Steps. and down or anything but it was steep yeah. rocks so i mm-hmm. i mean i had to hand her my cane and she had to like take my hands and put them where they needed to be so you want right. some way of putting your cane down like if you have a bag or like i said if you have one, a cane holster that you can mm-hmm. put your cane in that's going to be really helpful regardless of your your hiking situation i feel like so you can have it when you need it and then not have it when you don't Definitely. I wear my cane on my belt a lot just when I'm walking with my dog because it's always good to have a cane handy just in case you do need it for some random situation. Um, And I also have 
I have a backpack that has uh, water bottle pockets on both sides. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I keep my yeah. thermos in one and a cane in the cane other. In the other. Yep. Yes. Yeah, that's also really useful. Or if you have like a crossbody messenger style bag that's got like slip pockets on either side, that's a really good place to stick a cane if you need somewhere to carry it mm-hmm. that's out of your hand. <laughs> yeah. I like going back to like, uh, even if you are like with a guide dog um, and you like, I feel like if you've walked the trail, I would almost, I mean, I personally would want to go with another person, mm-hmm. uh, like, because you never know what can change uh, on a, on a trail from time to time. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know that I would ever walk a trail uh, alone unless yeah. it was just Especially like, a, if it's like, a, like a rougher trail. Yeah. Like a, like right. a hiking, hiking trail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if it's just like a normal kind of just trail, like you know, through the woods type thing, you could do that. Right. I know of some people who just go with their dogs. I think they have a little bit of residual vision though. And part of me is like, oh, I would love to go on adventures with just my dog and my cane in the woods. And that would be so awesome. But I also know that I'm too blind for that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah, There are so many ways that could go so horribly, horribly wrong. (laughs) I don't know that I will ever do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that because I mean, like I do have some residual vision, but I still can't tell normal grass from poison ivy. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and one rain can change a lot of things about a trail. Things can slide. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, and stuff like that. So um, kind of a change of topic. But would you ever camp alone? Mm, depends on how I'm getting to my campsite. Depends on where uh, the campsite is, how remote right. it is, what my camping accommodations are. <laughs> are camping accommodations. What it. would be your camping accommodations? Your hey, Mother Nature, camp. if you could just not rain today, that'd be cool. Um, <laughs> Tent I, I would... versus camping trailer <laughs> versus uh, you know like station rest station somewhere. Like where am I gonna be sleeping? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, like I, I don't. I'm trying to think of a situation where I would want to like camp alone you know what i mean yeah, like I maybe maybe if i was like with some friends and i had like my own tent and like mm-hmm. was maybe like a, it can be like separated like a little bit but i'm i don't know if i would i don't think i would voluntarily go out and camp alone without yeah. anybody because like what if there are bears <laughs> yeah no that's that's valid um right. also just the navigation in general so mm-hmm. but camping with friends and family how do you guys feel about that? Yes, camping. No camping. Oh, never again. I did it once. Never again. I, mean, like, I want to go every summer. Like, you know, I really like showering every day. So I'm, just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not big on camping. In Very general, valid. So Very yes. valid. I um. so I was in uh, I was in Boy Scouts. I'm an Eagle Scout. Um, And I did like half of it while I not half of it. I did like three years while I could see it and the rest while I couldn't. And so. I've had both experiences, low vision and completely blind, uh, while camping. I didn't go on many camp, uh, campouts, uh, after like I lost my vision, like the hiking out to a place and camping type thing. Right. I did go on some and I've, uh, and I went to like, you know, Boy Scout camps, like it's like summer camp type thing where, you know, you sleep in a tent every night or whatever. And you know, I've, I've enjoyed it, especially if there's kind of like an activity, like a specific activity that you're doing rather than just camping to camp right. you know what I mean yeah like you know we would do like a camp out and then we would do like archery or something the next day which I did low vision um right. still kind of still kind of scary but hey I did fun. archery once right yeah 
archery is fun it is um i uh fun fact i got a, i got my rifle shooting mare badge while i was blind that's a fun nice. thing and so like yeah if there's like another um activity that you're doing and you have like close friends right i feel like you can definitely have a lot of enjoyment of you know kind of being yeah. out being a little more remote kind of away from your phone and all just the you know just all of that that comes with uh with right. you know, technology and being I feel being like that's not the kind of activity that you just do with random friends that you don't know real totally. well. Totally. No, yeah, no, no, no. Absolutely. No. Yeah. yeah. No, mm-hmm. you really have to trust the people that you're going with. There are people that I think I would camp with. I haven't camped in several years, um, but we used to go as a family and, you know, I did enjoy it, but I was, I was definitely ready to be home by the time it's home because like Caitlin said, mm-hmm. I enjoy showering every day and I really enjoy cell service and I like to know that I can call an IRA agent if I need to. It's right. one of those things where it makes me feel very dependent because yes. there's just not much that I can do by myself. And of course you don't get like a mini O and M lesson every time you go camping, mm-hmm. like here's how you get to the bathrooms and here's how you get here. So you're just kind right. of at the mercy of the people you're with, but yeah. So yeah. You, you definitely, I definitely do feel way more dependent on people in situations like that. And generally speaking, I try to avoid putting myself in situations where I have to depend on people. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But that being said, if you like camping, like you go for it. Yes, absolutely. Camp camping is awesome. If you're the kind of person who enjoys camping, it can be a great experience. Yeah. It's not even because I'm blind necessarily. I'm just not the kind of person who is super into camping. So, right. Yeah. Guys, serious question. How do you roast the perfect marshmallow? Burn it. How do you get it? (laughs) That's what I do. How do you get (laughs) it in? Because, okay, I was doing this last night, actually. We were roasting marshmallows just kind of in a yard. And, like, you can't see the fire. You can't see the logs. I put my marshmallow on a log, and apparently it was very deformed, which is a common theme when I try to roast marshmallows independently. So do you guys just basically ask for help? Because that's what I've decided needs to happen. I also Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, if it's for s'mores, I definitely am going to have somebody else do it. I don't trust Mm. any marshmallow that I interact with. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. I've morphed my marshmallow right onto my face last night because they told me it was on fire. They told me to blow it out. It wasn't on fire by the time it hit my face, but... It was a bad situation, man. And I can't eat them without getting them all over myself. Yeah. yeah. I definitely recommend just acquiring marshmallow roasting assistance. Also, if you use like the really long forks instead of like a stick, it's a little bit more uh, controllable. Like it's easier for you to gauge the distance between your hands and the marshmallow, if that makes sense. Right. Yes. So that can be a little bit better, but I still recommend having someone help you put it where it needs to go and then extract it. Like definitely acquire assistance with the extraction of the marshmallow. <laughs> yes. I tried yeah. to do that, you know, put it between the graham crackers thing and slide last night. Yeah. How'd that work out? N- not, not too well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the type of thing where I would probably just kind of want sighted assistance. Cause it's like, you know, you don't get, you don't get like the fun of just kind of like watching it turn like golden and being like, Oh, yeah. it's the perfect time. And then yes. like stopping right then. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. Yeah. So. So speaking of roasting things and cooking things, right? Great segue. Yeah, um, uh-huh. Barbecues, cookouts, lots of people <laughs> in your lawn. Flaming grills are everywhere. The smell of barbecue <laughs> sauce fills mm. the air. Does it Great fill your stomach with excitement or dread? Hmm. I'm excited for the food for sure. <laughs> I just, I, 
I mean, I like barbecue, but I don't like everything that comes along with barbecues, if that makes Uh sense. I just just want to be put in a spot out of the way of the flaming grills, and then (laughs) I stay there until someone comes to collect me and transport me to another spot. <laughs> like, I feel like that's valid. So my family, you know, we'll we'll grill and stuff like that out uh, out back. And usually, my dad, like, and my parents just have like a lot of friends. My dad has a lot of friends from work, and um, they'll all come over. So there's like a bunch of people everywhere. But they'll be playing stuff like cornhole, which by yes! the way can be very very fun. Yes, um, I love it. We put a we put a giant speaker behind the other board. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, that's, that's nice. that that's kind of what we do. And then people will direct me. And for some reason, I'll get one perfect and the other one will be like five feet to the left. So I understand you know, it's but I've gotten pretty good at it. I'm not going to lie. And so we'll we'll play. And then the person who's playing against me has to close their eyes. And that's a lot of fun to see. Oh, some that's people cool. Do that yeah, that, that makes oh, yeah. it better. We yes. don't even oh, yeah. do that. My friend Sarah and I, though, we have entered several bago championships um, oh yeah and by that i mean we won two games but it was totally yeah. worth it it was it Woo. was good it was we've created quite a a bago duo yeah um, bago duo yes and so that's by far the best part of barbecues but i will say that i've had some terrible experiences playing bago with the wrong people yeah. because oh, yeah. if here's the thing about being blind okay if you're gonna do things that sighted people do then you have, and, and like that knowingly requires sight, then you have to do them ironically. You have to be like, I'm going to play Bago and right. I'm going to just beat all of you guys. So yeah. good. And you have to, you know, it's, it's got to be a known fact that you're not doing this to win. And when people try to take mm-hmm. it seriously, then it just is like, look, you have, yeah. like, I'm blind. Stop feeling bad for me because I'm losing. It's, it's literally fine. I'm not doing this to win. Yeah. The whole point of it is to just, be dumb and enjoy it and right. yeah I mean if people try to take it too seriously and feel so sorry for you when you miss every single time then it just takes the enjoyment out of it right right yeah but overall I strongly recommend Bago find yourself a good partner and then make Absolutely. your dream team. it's great right. yeah I've, I, I've played so often that I've developed like a like a rhythm and, I, and I'm I can be really good at it sometimes yeah <laughs> well my friend Sarah has developed a more arch more power, less power, little to the right, little to the left. Yep, you know, yep, we got yep. it going on. Your and ability to help. I out. think the same can be said for most of those outside games. I mean, horseshoes, even like horse, like the basketball game, you know, yeah. that's mm-hmm. a common at my uh, family gatherings. Try right. it. Just do it. Those games are meant to be fun. Just have a good time with your family because, I mean, with the flaming grills and all the people, you're going to have a lot of bad experiences at barbecues. A lot of the times it's buffet style and we all know how we feel about buffets. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you're interacting with people and really building those relationships, then it it kind of becomes, you know, worth it. It's something that you don't have to dread. Right. right. Yeah. Sure. As much as I joke about sitting in a corner and waiting to be collected and moved to another corner, <laughs> like I don't just sit in a corner most of the time. Like people will come up and talk to me and you need to talk to those people also. Like have yes. conversations, find your spot that is not in the way of anything that is happening, but then engage with the people around you. Don't just be the blindie in the corner who doesn't talk. Right. Yes. 
Oh, another sure. activity that I have done at uh, kind of events like that is uh, darts. Ooh, um, oh, darts. darts. Darts with like a, you know, a board that speaks whatever you hit, which you don't necessarily need it, but is so satisfying whenever you hit it. It's like, I've never boom, played with one of those points. and I want to. But yes. it's, uh, it's a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, when, yeah. <laughs> there are going to be a lot of holes in walls. Um, which is, <laughs> you know, my parents also do it while they drink. So not all those holes are mine. Right, um, right. <laughs> so... Uh, but I, no, that, that one's another one that's kind of like something that seems very sighted oriented, but you can definitely have um, a lot of fun with that one. I've, I've definitely For sure. Yeah. That. Something else that's really cool is uh, we call it hillbilly horseshoes where there's like this uh, thing that's got like rungs on it basically. And then you've got two golf balls on a string. Yes. yes. Um, that's really cool because you don't have to be as precise. You can just swing mm-hmm. those golf balls. And if I'll you swing them. wide yeah. enough, they're probably going to hit a rung. And that I find that very satisfying. And I can also hear like when they go over the rungs, which is very satisfying. Yes, yes, yes it is. Yeah, I was wanting to do a type of thing where I'll uh, install like a little string and a bell in the hole of a cornhole board. So like if you actually get it in, it'll ding to some extent. I don't know how well that would work, but that would be super fun, even for sighted people. Right. Because it would be super satisfying to hear the ding. You know what I mean? Or something like that. It'll probably still like go when you, if you hit the board really hard, but it'll um, definitely make a different noise if you directly hit the bell. I would assume. Mm-hmm. But so, what if it like slides into the hole? It's not going to hit the bell. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if there's a way to like make sure it does, but yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll mess around with it out. and let you know. Yes. But it could be a super cool thing to uh, to add on for uh, people who uh, are blind and want to play cornhole. Yes, we'll put an update in the show notes if he figures it out. <laughs> right we'll never remember to do that just kidding no we definitely <laughs> will not but hey so all those are pretty fun but guys we all know the ultimate summer activity well summer activities you gotta have some water you gotta get in the pool you gotta get in a lake you gotta get mm-hmm. in a river mm-hmm. and i think we've all had some interesting experiences oh, um, yeah. with that oh also water parks and those are those are also good. So uh, does anyone want to take it away with a fun water experience that they've had? Sounds like Caitlin's got it. <laughs> <laughs> well, once I was stuck in a small pool with a lot of small children and asked to keep them alive. <laughs> yeah, that you was were fun. the lifeguard? I was the lifeguard. Oh, <laughs> Yikes. My. Yep. I allowed one small child to jump on another small child's head because I did not realize that one small child was jumping. And uh, oh, yeah. So were there, were there no other adults or people of capable age watching these kids? It was well, just Well, I thought another older sided cousin was going to be in the pool and then she ended up not getting in the pool. And then there were adults all around us. This was like a little above ground pool inside a deck. So everybody uh-huh. else was like on the deck around eating things and talking right but you know nobody is like directly responsible for paying attention to the blind girl and all the small children in the pool so (laughs) yeah yeah that's yeah that's a that's a situation that you should avoid at all costs yes definitely well i have a story of the opposite situation happening to me Mm -hmm. so one time i was at a lake and i was with a friend that I've known this friend for my whole life, 
but her family has always been super weird around me. Like, even though they've known me since I was basically a baby, they just never quite trust me. So anyway, I was there with her and her sister and we were probably 13 or 14 and her sister was uh, early 20s, I would say. But we went to a lake and, you know, we had like chacos on, like the sandals. And her sister's like, you guys need to keep those on in the water because there are rocks. And I was like... Well, I mean, okay, I, you know, I, I usually don't wear shoes in the water, but if she, if she wants us to, and there are pointy rocks, and that might be good, but we get out into the water, and those things were making it more difficult for us to walk, you know, because I never do in sandals, because you can't feel the bottom of the lake, right. so we both end up taking off our shoes and putting them, like, throwing them basically back up onto the bank. The sister, like, starts flipping out. She's like, what are you doing? And uh, the friend is like, we're taking off our shoes. It makes it hard. Uh, she's like, we'll be fine with the rocks. And the sister goes, you know, good and well, she won't. And I'm like, oh, come um, on. Actually, I swim in lakes and rivers that are way worse than this all the time. I think I will be fine. And if I get a cut on my foot from a random lake rock, it will not be the death of me unless there's some strange disease living on that rock, in which case that's a bummer. But yeah. <laughs> right. in which case, well, no, what can you do? I was just like, you seriously don't think I'm capable of walking in a lake without shoes? Like, you realize that, like, we live in Arkansas. I, I swim in rivers. There are rocks <laughs> everywhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that was a that was a pretty good experience. Uh, but then I kind of <laughs> just kind of waltzed out into the lake and was like, chokes on you. <laughs> right. Right. That's always fun to show show some people up. Um, oh yeah, like that. That's always nice. I um, in terms of water activities for me, so I go canoeing every year Ooh, on the uh, Spring fun. River in like uh, kind of like Northeast Arkansas, mm-hmm. and um, that's always been really fun. I went while I could see, and I've gone while I haven't been able to see. And I have, you know, we do canoeing and rafting, uh, right. and usually like you know the younger kids are in a raft because those are less likely to flip. You know, yeah. Um, and but I have I have gone canoeing uh, while I couldn't see because I am a strong paddler and people just tell me to paddle on which side um, yeah. and stuff like that. And so, yeah, you know, I've had I've had a lot of fun doing that and good experiences. And, you know, it's always there's always like a bunch of rafts that are like put together and they have right. a platform and there's like a DJ and stuff like that. And it's super fun. Oh, um, awesome. Yeah. Nice. It's like it's like a big event that like a ton of people go to. Um, I want to go. And it's, uh, I know, right. It's, it's like a ton of fun. And, uh, except for like all the, you know, drunk people, but you know, well, you, know. <laughs> you know, what can you do? Uh, so as long as I still know right and left, right. <laughs> yeah. As long, as long as it's not my family, <laughs> family members that are too drunk to, to give me directions, but it's, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a fun time with, uh, with canoeing. I have flipped, which can be a little, little scary for, for some people. I'm usually pretty good. As long as I, I just, is if I ever flip i'll just hold on to the canoe as soon as i get out from underneath it or whatever right um, and then people will come get come to me or whatever you know right um, yes um, yeah i think um, as long as you're a decent enough swimmer to be okay in those situations you'll be right. okay yeah and then just kind of keep your feet out in front of you uh, exactly, if you can yeah. tell which way the current's pushing you keep your feet you know going i guess outwards your back towards the current feet out in front of you so that yeah you know some rocks don't come up and smack you in the shoulder right. or in the back or anything like that so but like yeah i mean though that can be like scary and, and frustrating or whatever i've had um a lot of fun experiences and, and it's you know it's rapids and stuff like that and so it's uh right. it's a fun time i've enjoyed it yeah no for sure we 
I am not a very strong paddler. I've never really done canoeing. I've never been canoeing, actually. I have been, um, well, I've been on a kayak in the lake, which was where I learned I wasn't a very strong paddler because I ended up basically just putting all the water into the kayak. And I'm still not entirely sure what I did wrong there. Um, oh my. Yeah. I'm not sure also, what you did wrong either. I remember Caitlin and I just accidentally chasing each other in circles one time kayaking. Um, now that's hilarious. Yes, but <laughs> we could not stop. No, we could not. <laughs> so that was, you know, but that's definitely an option for you. And if you do need it, they also have double kayaks, which I've never tried, but I'm assuming would be good. Um, it's kind of what a canoe is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but something else that I have tried that you'd kind of mentioned a little bit is rafting, but like yes. we rented one time and I was pretty young. We rented like these big inflatable rafts basically. No. And we just took a float down the river. So we fit yeah. our whole family on one and then another family on one and another family on one. And I mean, it's basically just like riding a big floaty down the river and you can fit yeah. lunch in there and everything. And yep. so if you are a little more, you know, mild or not a quote unquote strong paddler or don't <laughs> want to be in charge of your own water vessel, right. then that might be a good option if you find, you know, some family members or some really good friends that mm-hmm. you want to go and do something like that with, because that's also a really fun thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be super cool. I've only ever been kayaking like on lakes and things like that. Uh, usually in the context of like a blindy summer camp situation, but I think it would be really, really cool to just float down a river with people. Like that would be really nice. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's very but, fun. I like light rapids and stuff. So it keeps it exciting. Yeah. I love like water and rapids and things like that. So I think I'd really enjoy that. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a lot of fun. Going to more of kind of like a, a controlled environment, if you will, such as public pools. First of all, Marco Polo. Love it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Even when you don't mean to play it, you have to play it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime I'm in a pool, I mean, I, I have to start it. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. almost it's almost a tradition at this point. Yeah, but, and it's also a really good way to just orient because if you yell Marco, you know people are going to respond with polo. Yes. And yeah, then that's right. a great way to figure out where everybody is in relation to you. Right? Absolutely. I have played Marco Polo with uh, just like two of my friends and just random people that were in a pool who I'm not entirely sure knew that I was actually blind. Ah, um, interesting. So, but that was fun. Um, yeah, well, I was about it, to say Marco Polo is the most fun thing ever until one guy doesn't say it and then yeah you're right straight into him (laughs) the uh now secondarily have you played marco polo where everybody has their eyes closed oh yeah that's way more fun yes so much more fun yeah it's it's a ton of fun and whenever you're the person in the middle i like to just not say anything so nobody Mm. knows where anybody is right and that because now it's like a game it's like quiet and you're like like running all over the place have no idea where the person is it's a ton of fun i love that um, yes and I've, I've i'm obviously you're gonna have the problem of just you know running straight through somebody but <laughs> i've always found that to be really fun even with people that i don't know like as well just because it's like you know it's a universal game right, right? 
and it's um obviously i mean just since we can't see we won't cheat um, yeah, no, they know we're other not people. Cheat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So although it's really sometimes it's really hard whenever like you are playing like normal Marco Polo and you're not it and you're mm-hmm. kind of like not knowing where they're gonna say Marco and they say it right in front of you and you're like, well, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You can't you can't see them to kind of swim away ahead of time. So right. I typically, so I haven't actually had that much experience in public pools because well, A, the nearest one is 30 minutes away from where I live. Wow. And B my aunt actually has a really nice pool. So if I ever do want to go swimming with my friends, we'll just, you know, kind of head over there. And my grandpa also has a pool. It's kind of more uh, shallow and everything, but that's right. pretty fun. And then we have lakes and rivers and all of those things are still closer than the nearest public pool, which right. is nice because public pools, like you got to love them. They're there for people that need them. But if you're blind, it's really just totally a guessing game. I mean, as it far really as is. where yeah. the people, and then when you are swimming, how to get people back are. into yeah. your chair with your family. Caitlin and I actually, over the last weekend, got ourselves lost in a lazy river. Um, <gasps> at a water park. <laughs> we went around that thing like four times. We could not find the exit ramp. <laughs> so, finally, that I was like, like, a like we're adventure. just going to follow the right wall and eventually it'll spit us out in the right place. Yes, thankfully, there were some people in front of us that were getting out. So we heard them say, yeah, we go this way and then wading out of the water. And we're like, oh, now now's our chance. Like, don't lose those people. Go, go, go. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Honestly, that sounds like a lot of fun. It really was was a lot of fun. It was was hilarious. But yes, we did get thoroughly confused in there. I love Lazy River. Big Lazy River. It really was. And it kept going and going and going. And I felt better. I went back in it with my mom after that. And she also got very lost and could not find the exit ramp. And it was very (laughs) satisfying because I was like, I know how to get to the exit ramp at that point. Yes. Yeah, I I got us out of there. But she, it was gratifying to know that the sightlings were also lost in that place having trouble with it yeah yeah so that that's pretty fun but also water parks you know again there's a lot of situations especially with these summer outdoor activities and especially the ones where we're out in public where it's great to have that one friend you know or family Mm -hmm. member whoever it is that you just need your person yeah Yeah, that you enjoy being with because as fun as it is to wander around a lazy river with another blind person I mean, you might never get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That it's, yeah. It, that can be like kind of, kind of a, a big problem mm-hmm. um, because you may like, you know, need to find your family for whatever event they may be leaving. You know what I mean? Or something like that. And, right. Well, I mean, and, if one of us had had a medical emergency in there, we, we would have been at the uh, mercy of the people yeah. around us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which can sometimes not be the thing that you want to be in the mercy of. (laughs) Right. Which, you know, not that I would say don't go on a lazy river alone. Go on a lazy river alone if you want to. But, you know, it was fun. I I would do it again. I absolutely would. Yes. Also, I will say I had an LTE Apple Watch around my wrist that whole time. So in the event that we needed to contact a person, we had the means of doing so. That's true. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And we knew it worked because you accidentally answered the phone when we were in there. (laughs) I did do that. Yes, I did. So that was hello good. blah 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 sorry we're <laughs> no it was hello River. uh caitlin i think we might be going against the current again uh, yes <laughs> wait how did you not know it this was thing- a very slow lazy river the current was not defined okay yeah and there was this waterfall <laughs> section with like a circle and four different paths that you could take and so the currents like you had to, two of them you could go and two of them you couldn't but 
we weren't really floating. We were like half swimming and it was very slow. So uh, we didn't know. We could not tell. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. See, I, uh, I have, there's like, you know, like the Lazy River in um, by, uh, Branson that I go to. Oh, um, Whitewater. And is that what it is? I don't yeah. know. Yes. Yeah, that one, I just, you know, you have like your little your little tube and I will just run around and just bumper off of everything. And it's yeah, my favorite. Yeah, movie. but that's a smaller Lazy River than the one that yeah, we were Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is. This so. one just kept going and going and going and going. <gasps> it did. Wow. I thought that thing looked around the resort a couple times by the time we were out of there. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, but yeah, so, but speaking of like, you know, having your person, not having your person, one great thing, the highlight of my summer pre-pandemic, <laughs> summer camps, especially summer camps for the blind, because everything is tailored for you. They're expecting you to need help. They're, they've got nice. you covered. It's so nice. There are so many yeah. different varieties of summer camps that you can choose to go for that are for the visually impaired and some that aren't for the visually impaired that you can go. You can take a friend enjoy. or not take a friend and still absolutely enjoy. But summer camps are the, the best, in my opinion. So favorite summer camp memories least favorite summer camp memories so i went to um my favorite non-blindy specific camp that i've went to was uh it was a young life camp which is um a christian uh type camp and it was awesome it was incredible what I did is I had some money. It was, it was pretty expensive to go, but I like raised some money for me to go. And then I paid for half of a friend to come with me and said, Hey, I'll pay this cost. If you are just my person, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's a really great way to do that because then you're not feeling bad for just clinging to this person. It's like they're getting something out of it. And I mean, most people are going to be happy to help you, but ultimately like you, it is nice to give back a little bit. So you're not just constantly being the blind friend. Like I buy people dinner all the time. (laughs) Right, right. Totally. Well, and when they walk into the camp knowing too that, you know, okay, I'm here to help Cole. It doesn't make mm-hmm. you feel like you're taking away from their summer camp experience because when exactly. you pay for half their ticket, that's just, that's how it is, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, and it was just an awesome experience. There were so many cool things. They, awesome. uh, they had a, they had a hundred person hot tub there, which I thought oh, was crazy. Hey, yes. Yeah. And kind of disgusting at the same time. I'm not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Usually there aren't a hundred people in it at the same time, but um, yeah. I mean, it was awesome. They had, there was a zip line that you could just go on when you wanted um, cool. there was uh, a yes. rope, uh, um, ropes course that you would like, kind of like get like a scheduled time to go. And there was, mm-hmm. you know, uh, climbing stuff and there were, uh, you could ride horses if you wanted to, there were Ooh. these like, kind of like ATV type things that you could ride. I didn't obviously, <laughs> um, I opted for the, uh, for the, uh, ropes course instead, but it was a ton of fun. I, uh, there's also like disc golf throughout the whole camp. That was fun. I'm a big fan of disc golf because I, I used to do it a lot when I could see. And so I can, I can chuck a Frisbee um, right. pretty, pretty, pretty far. And so that was, that was a ton of fun. And just, it was really cool just to be able to go and cause you can't have your phone. They take your phone. Um, oh. And it was cool to be away from it, you know? Yeah. And I didn't have to worry about time because everything worked off of a bell system that could be heard anywhere. Nice. Um, and it was just, it was, it was really cool. And it was a really fun time. Though yeah. the first day <laughs> that we got there, we like just got into the room. I had just packed like my stuff and uh, they do like a certain thing. It's an obstacle course the first night where you get like super muddy. So they tell you <laughs> to like wear like kind of all like black clothing or old clothes that you aren't afraid to kind of get messed up. Right. And so I was like changing into them into the, in the bathroom. And then 
I step out, everybody's gone. Oh, <laughs> no. This is the first day. So I was like, all right, blindy skills. Oh, right? no. And I was like, I didn't even, I hadn't even gotten oriented to where my bed was in relation to the bathroom. I didn't have my cane, oh. but I knew my cane was on my bed. So I went, I found it. I jumped up, got my cane and was like, all right. Because I we had just walked into this building, so I hadn't had right. any orientation. I just had to go off of memory. Thank God, I like got out of our like little room. They had like a bunch of bunk beds in rooms uh-huh. uh, that were in like a giant cabin type thing. And so, like, I found my way and started going down the stairs. Now I was gonna be able to find my way out. Um, and I was like about to get to the door, and then my friend Daniel opens the door and he goes, "Oh my God, you're here!" And he goes, "I am so sorry," um, but we didn't have any problems from, from then on. Right. Uh, yes. forward. It was cool to get to like do some like Mission Impossible like escape mission type stuff. So. <laughs> right. Oh, heck yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so I would have been able to just make it out and then somebody would have seen me, you know? Like, right. Just stand so. and wave your cane around. Eventually <laughs> somebody will find you. <laughs> yes. Everyone had like left for dinner and then Daniel was like, oh no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I had one job. <laughs> right. Yes. And then and we had no problems from then on out. But uh, yeah, that, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, I decided my uh freshman year yeah 2018 I was going to go to choir camp okay Okay. no one else in my school was going no one I knew was going except my band director told me that she would stay in Conway and be there it was at UCA in Conway she told me she would be there if I needed her so we go to this college campus (laughs) and um my band director props to her did fantastic O&M like not kidding showed me where my room was showed me where um how to get from my room to the fine arts hall and everything. And then we walked a lot of routes several times and she like made a tactile map and it was really good, but you still cannot learn a college campus in four hours. So I almost lost the group because they were going to the cafeteria and I didn't. What I ended up doing is I found this one girl in a rehearsal actually, because I was wandering around trying to figure out where the Sopranos were. Um, And she was like, do you need help? And I was like, yes, will you please be my person and help me get back after this too? Because I don't think I can find my way. (laughs) And she did, except then she left me on the last day and we never spoke again. Oh, that's oh, sad. That is yeah. really sad. You never but got was, like our number or contact we information? We did, but it we didn't really talk that much. So uh, it wasn't. Yeah. But but you know, it's one of those examples of yes, you can you can do that. You can go to a summer camp. You can do whatever you set your mind to, but absolutely. know that you may have to ask people for help along the way. Random and people. they may be strangers. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you're not less independent for that. Like, asking a person to be your person and help you do things is still, you know, being brave and independent and doing things on your own. Like Advocating. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a hard skill. That's a very important skill. And that's a great controlled environment in which to practice advocacy. Because, like, you're there, you've got a group of people and you're in a semi-controlled environment with people who are kind of in charge of you, right. but you're also, you know, free enough that you can kind of, you know, use your blindy skills in situations where you want to do so, but also say, hey, help me, I'm lost help in the event me. that you do get lost. <laughs> right, because well, you never know when in the future you need it. And like, if you aren't comfortable doing that in that situation, it's going to be tough. Yeah, you're not going to be comfortable doing it in the real world if you can't do it in a summer camp setting. (laughs) Yeah, and from that summer camp, I actually learned a lot of things that I ended up coming to realize were really normal 
for, you know, people to do when interacting with a blind person. I mean, I, of course, had been out of my small town quite a bit, but this right. was a big camp with 500 kids on a college campus that I didn't know. You know, I was basically yep. thrown into society. And at the age of 15, <laughs> I, I hadn't really had that experience before. And so all those times when random people would come up beside me and pick my cane up and try to put it over the curb or my famous Uh elevator story where people asked me what floor I was getting off on and, you know, (laughs) stuff like that, that I never would have expected to have to deal with. It Mm -hmm. made the camp kind of bad for me, actually, because I wasn't ready or prepared for that in any way. But Mm -hmm. now when I'm walking by myself after that, I understand that that is a thing that happens. And I'm prepared for that because I had that kind of bad experience at a summer camp. I also think it's better to get that experience in a setting like that for sure. And like have a bad several weeks that you look back on and take lessons away from than to be thrown into that situation your freshman year of college and have no choice but to deal with it because you're three hours away from home, which is what happened to me. I wasn't ready (laughs) and I got thrown to the wolves. (laughs) Yeah. So there's definitely a lot you can take away from summer camps that are not specifically for the blind, but Mm -hmm. also summer camps that are specifically for the blind. You can also take a lot away from those. Absolutely. Funny story. I actually met Caitlin and Cole at two different summer camps for the blind. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yes. And like we are lifelong friends at this point. And it, that is one of the main things that you'll take away from that is making yeah. friends that, Absolutely. you know, you can be like, Oh my gosh, voiceovers glitching or my note taker did this stupid thing because they're awful. Or, you know, and I got know my it. cane lodged in a revolving door today and they get it <laughs> <laughs> like they, they feel it and they understand. Whereas when you tell a sighted person, they're either going to be like, huh, uh, or yeah, sounds like it's poor baby or, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, I think those camps can be super good at helping you develop like confidence and leadership skills and things like that. And again, a controlled environment that is designed for blind people, like they're not going to let you do anything crazy dangerous, but they're also not going to hold you back. Like they're going to let you do crazy things that sightlings around you might not, you know, want you to do. Like some of my favorite camps are like Trek Tech Camp in Kansas, where we do rope courses and zip lines and STEM challenges and all kinds of stuff. And then also um, one of the best things that ever happened to me, I think I've touched on this previously a little bit, is going to uh, the Leader Dog Summer Experience Camp in Michigan, where Mm -hmm. I flew solo to Michigan at 17 years old, never having flown before, and then got to do all kinds of like leadership activities and things like that, like team building challenges that are normal parts of like sighted outdoor summer camps. But if you go to a sighted camp and try to participate in those activities, they're not prepared to deal with you and you're not going to get as much out of it as you would in a camp with a bunch of other blind people where the camp is designed for blind people. Right. Absolutely. Trek tech and leader dog, both Trek tech for me in Kansas, as Caitlin mentioned, it's a lot of, you know, ropes courses and things like that, which is really Mm -hmm. good because you have people who can tell you move your foot up and to the right. And, you know, they're going to let you do things that side of people would be like, um, you're not about to climb that pole and jump off of it. Like you're not about (laughs) to get on that rock wall. You're not about to do that, you know, balancing activity. They're going to let you do things like that. And Mm -hmm. also at that specific camp, and I know a few blind camps around the country, they have like an overarching challenge. So you're in groups basically. And it's interesting because, you know, 
as a blind person, when you're in a group with sighted people, they automatically look at you and think, yeah, they're not going to be the leader. You know, right, they're not yeah. going to have to let them do the easy stuff or whatever. But when you're mm-hmm. in a group with other blind people, you get to have your personality. You get to have an equal part of the work because the projects are designed for people who can't see or they have people right there who can help you if you need it because yeah. everyone is on the same in the same boat everyone's on the same playing field right. so that's really nice and then of course Definitely. leader dog in michigan like caitlin said i flew there when i was 16 and that is just crazy being able to fly by yourself and realize i can do this in the world you know this is how yep. i can get from place yeah. to place if i need to but yet there is a big group of people when you get there well, if you ever get through the gate agent, check out our uh, travel <laughs> podcast. If you haven't seen that yet, we'll talk a little bit about that. But, you know, there are people waiting on you. You're not just flying somewhere by yourself. If something goes wrong, people are going to know you're in a, like, like we've said, a really controlled setting. Cold and that's really nice. Definitely. Yes. And also camps like Leader Dog. And I believe Guide Dogs for the Blind also does a similar camp, but it's, I believe, a little bit shorter they give you the opportunity not just to have like a camp experience and a leadership experience, but also to get some like O&M training out of it and also experience working with a guide dog, like leader dog, being able to walk with a dog for a day was what solidified in my mind that I needed to get a guide dog and uh, pursue that as, you know, an option for the future. And I'm so glad that I had that experience and, you know, was able to walk into my future training with guiding eyes, knowing a little bit of what I was going to be in for working with a dog and not just, you know, jumping in and not really having any experience. But also aside from that, just getting the general leadership experience is super helpful. Like Macy said, you know, if you're in a group of sighted people, they kind of automatically assume that you're not going to be the leader. But if you've had that previous experience, you can be the leader. I actually am part of an honor society on campus that's designed to promote leadership. And I got thrown into a breakout group in a Zoom room where we were supposed to do a lot of things this last semester. And uh, no one stepped up to the plate. And I didn't really want to, but I also had the previous experience from camps. So I was actually the most qualified one there to step up and do what needed to be done. So I did it and I didn't tell them I was blind until the very last day and they were all shocked. And I was like, you know, you know, I made a point and that's, you know, that would not have worked if we had been meeting on campus because because I would have walked right. in with a Labrador well, attached yeah. to my left hip. A little hip. too obvious. But right. it was really nice in the Zoom setting because, you know, yes. they didn't have to know. And I, I could be the leader and it didn't matter until, you know, I could tell them. And then they had a good story to tell people that a blind girl led their whole group for the semester and they didn't know until the end of it. Right. No, absolutely. Those summer camps, if nothing else, you get the skills, but you also get the confidence of, mm-hmm. you know, yes, I can be a leader. Being yeah. blind doesn't stop that from happening. You know, at those camps, mm-hmm. you, even if you aren't the person who's speaking up, even if you are a little more shy, you're watching right. other people who are also blind speaking up and being the leaders. You have so right. many good examples around you and you have the opportunity to be a good example for people who need that. And mm-hmm. that honestly is one of the most yep. amazing parts about the whole experience is Definitely. no matter where yes. you fall on the spectrum of, you know, yeah, I'm such a leader to no, I'm not going to say a word. Yeah. You're, you're benefiting. From you'll it. benefit. Yeah. Definitely. I, um, me personally, I think Tech Trek has had a massive impact on my life. I went for the first time about what would be about nine months after I completely lost my vision. And it was pretty sudden. You know what I mean? And yeah. yes, I had had my like own 
O&M training directly afterwards. But, it, you know, it's kind of a huge shift in my life. You know, sure. I was low vision, but I went from low vision in like not really needing much technology. I'll just kind of like zoom in on the board, you know, type of thing just to I, I need a cane. I need I need to read Braille. I need to use voiceover. I never use voiceover, you know, just all of this stuff and going to tech check for the first time right after that was so, I mean, I don't think I can really put, put it into words exactly how much that really helped me because I got to see some people that are doing really great things that are, that are, that are proving that they can fully succeed uh, in life and as leaders um, and stuff like that in this kind of camp gave me the confidence to be able to, you know, we did like a zip line and, you know, just all that stuff. And it was just to see those older kids and to meet all of these other kids who have come from so many different walks of life, but you still have an overarching thing that you can all connect and relate with um, is just super huge. And that's how I met. uh, I was in a group with Macy and Caitlin on two, two separate years at that camp. And that's how uh, I pretty much um, met both you guys. Um, And it was, I mean, you know, it's been, it's been awesome. And then the last year that I went uh, before COVID in 2019, I actually got to be the, the leader for my group. And I got to do that for the younger kids. And that was another, just, you know, being on the opposite end of that, it was just as rewarding, you know, it felt like, um, just to be able to kind of be, be a leader in be able to say like, Hey, I may be able to help these people in the way that I was helped back then, you know? Yes. um, Yeah. I had a really similar experience too. Like I'd always been told that I could succeed. Like I was the straight A student. I excelled in my classes, top of my class, all that. Like I knew and was told throughout my life that I could, but I also grew up in a tiny town and had to go 30 minutes away to get decent sidewalks to use my cane on and did not have like the skills or the confidence in my own abilities. Like I was not confident at the time that if I was thrown out into the real world that I could find my way through it. And then in 2015, I went to Trek Tech for the first time and just climbing that rock wall and standing on that platform and stepping off to zip line Mm-hmm. That was the first moment that I was like, I actually can do anything that I want to do. And it was just a really life-changing moment. And prior to that moment, I don't think I would have ever said, I'm going to get on an airplane and fly to Michigan alone. And then after that, I did. And that yeah. was, you know, like a pivotal moment that taught me that I could. And now here I am, I live alone. I'm going to college. I'm in my starting my senior year of college. I'm part of an honor society. I'm doing well and planning to get a master's degree at this point. So it really can make a huge difference if you apply yourself and like actually, you know, participate and try to take something away from that and, you know, gain the skills that are going to help you in the future. It's not just a fun thing that you're doing. It really will change your life, even if you don't go into it thinking that it's going to or wanting it to. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think also, not only do these camps really benefit us, but they also really benefit, well, our families and our parents because, you know, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it takes a lot to send your blind kid to Kansas or Michigan and to just know that whatever happens there is going to happen there. But then when you come back safely, that's a lot more confidence that your family can have in you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they can even start realizing, hey, maybe he or she can do all these things. Definitely. Yes. And sure. also it's good for like new sighted friends. Like right now my Facebook and Instagram pictures are 
pictures of me standing up on a zip line, jumping off and like flying through the air and things like right? that. Yeah. that look, they're really good pictures. And people who I meet and, you know, we swap social media info, they follow me and they're like, whoa, you've done this. And then it's a conversation starter that opens yeah. it up to be like, yes, I did. And I can, yeah. and, you know, that's a great way to make a connection and like demonstrate all the cool things that you've done despite being blind. Right. Yeah. And also I think about um, the year at Trek Tech when we, when we made the cat tower. So basically our project yes. was to build cat towers. We had, you know, boards and paint and power tools and all the things that yep. people say blind yep. people shouldn't yeah. have but we did that for a local humane society that had a lot of cats that you know needed something to play on so not only were we having those those building skills and those leadership skills we were also helping people in the community mm-hmm. and people from that humane society actually came to judge because it was a competition and they were like oh my gosh blind kids did this and we're like yeah yeah we did and so in the nails, like all that. Yeah. Yeah. So not only did it help us, not only were we helping a community, we also got to teach those community members about that. And the same thing happened when, uh, when I was at leader dog in Michigan, we went tandem biking and it was a six mile loop. So, you know, we were, we were biking for a long time and we were doing that with community members who had volunteered. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and we did the, the same thing. The guy that I was with, you know, we started talking and everything and I just started telling him all the stuff, you know, that I'm doing, like, yeah, I'm in band at the time I was in a community symphony. I'm, you know, a straight A student. And of course, you know, wasn't just like bragging the whole time, but when Uh stuff would come uh up, you know, you know, (laughs) right, right. You know, I'm blind, but look at everything I'm doing. And he was just amazed. I mean, he was, I could tell that that camp in general, because he was talking about other people that he had uh, taken and ridden with and stuff from that camp. And that Mm -hmm. in general, I could tell had touched his life and totally changed his image of a blind person. So Mm -hmm. how cool is it to be a person that gets to help show someone that, yes, I can, you know, we can. And that's just really awesome. You get an opportunity to do that every single day. But, you know, when one blind person does it, that person is just so amazing. But when you have a group of 12, 15, 20 blind kids doing things that sighted people think, no, they can't do that. They start to see it's not this one amazing blind person. All people with visual Um, impairments are still capable of doing everything that a sighted person would short of maybe, you know, driving an ambulance or being a brain surgeon, but you know, maybe (laughs) one day. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Maybe one day. So yeah, that, that's my spill about summer camps. That got a little mushier and cheesier than I, uh, <laughs> I yeah, we went a little deeper than anticipated with this one, but you know, well, I, I think, think it's it important and needed yeah. to be said. Yeah, <laughs> yes. no, I think, I think it needs to be. And I think it's a, it's a very, it's a very real thing. That, uh, yes. That I think very, very heartfelt here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah so sure. before I wrap this podcast up, does anyone have anything equally more or less cheesy and mushy to say about uh, summer in general? Go roast some marshmallows. (laughs) Go roast some marshmallows. Play cornhole. Yes, play cornhole. cornhole. If you take anything from this podcast. (laughs) All right. So with that great advice behind us, I think it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you liked this hot mess, you should definitely subscribe and share a link with your friends so we can get more people Uh, listening to us ramble basically if you have any questions or suggestions for future content you can leave those in the contact form at challengesolutions.org for more content like this you can check out our blog this podcast and our youtube channel thank you for listening and stay tuned for the blooper reel
All right, we're recording. Wait, I have to consent to be recorded. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I recorded without your consent. Uh, yeah, yeah, who's taking this off? I thought you said I'm just taking this off, so I was like, oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Horrible start, Macy. Horrible right. start. Oh, you said great. video. Yep. We are gonna start this out with. Uh, no, that's stupid. Uh, what are we gonna start this out with? Hiking okay. and land activities. I, how yeah. am I gonna get to that? Land activities. Um, what am I saying? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got this. Can you guys hear my cat? Yep. Yeah, I heard the. Hang on. Oh. I'm gonna like oh, gonna jump up here and make my cup fall. So oh, she's in my it. lap. She's going onto oh. the desk. Oh, she's going rogue. I if it's for s'mores, that sorry. Uh, <laughs> for s'mores. Also, I hear a car going past someone's house. Yeah, sorry. But I need to stand up anyway, because remember how this chair makes indents on my legs? Yeah. I'm sitting on my feet and they hurt me. So I'm I wore shorts now. again. Why would you sit on your feet, Caitlin? Because yeah, why did you do that? My feet were freezing cold. All right, are we good to continue? Oh, hang on. <laughs> okay. I'm, wait, I'm not ready. I'm, I'm ready. gonna drink. How many thermoses of coffee? You know, we should have been keeping track of all the coffee we've drank during these podcasts. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, can we start like a little counter now? You know, like the little We things? need, yes, we need a little counter on our website. <laughs> yes. Amount of, amount of cups of coffee consumed. And the best part is, it's just from you two. It's yeah. not from me. Yep. Not a single time have I sipped coffee on a podcast. Wow, you sounded so sad to hear that I was talking. You're I'm like, sorry. oh yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm offended. Wait, My me heart. or Caitlin? I don't remember what I said. No, nah, that was you. That uh -oh. was all you. Don't blame Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me My out feelings. of that one. This is not even. Back <laughs> of Sour Patch Kids I'm going to start chewing on. There you go. Please Better don't. That's going to be horrendous to cut. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> all right. So with that great advice behind us, I think it is time to wrap up this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> So close. Wait. I thought you were gonna nail it and then you just didn't. Or the, uh, you know when you, for some reason this scarred me as a child, when you lose in Mario Kart. Oh, I understand. <laughs> the little do, 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 yeah. That right music. Thank you for watching and stay tuned for the blooper reel. Thank you for listening. Frick! Not a video. Oh, <laughs> so close. We're done. We're done. We're done. We did Woo! it. We did it, guys. Woo! Didn't go kablam or anything. Oh, the bulge is gone. <laughs>